Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, 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 we're back. We're black. We're brown. And I am writing solo. Wait, we're brown ambition. I already screwed it up, y'all. Tiffany's only been gone a couple of weeks and I can't even do the intro of our show. But it's your girl, Mandy, aka Mandy Money. And I am not going to be alone for much longer, y'all. This is kind of a weird, but also amazing episode of Brown Ambition, a history making episode of Brown Ambition. I feel like the presence of this person has sort of like loomed in the background of Brown Ambition because he's mentioned he's been in my background for years trying to get on this show. And I guess when your little brother asks you for something, there's just something inherent as a big sister that just makes you not want him to have it. (laughs) So for eight years, uh, my little brother, Alex Woodruff, has been petitioning to be a guest on Brown Ambition. And finally, he asked at the right time. I have never been more impressed with him as not just a career professional, but also from a financial perspective, what he's managed to do just by the tender age of 31. I can't believe he's old, but also that makes me so much older. But anyway, he has paid off a condo, paid off 50K of student loan debt, built his own beautiful, gigantic home in the heart of our hometown of Atlanta. He has an Airbnb property. And on top of that, he is a badass tech sales rep for multiple companies like IBM and Salesforce. And did I even mention that he has this new thriving creative endeavor as a filmmaker. So I am inviting my little brother, my little bruv, Alex on the show today. And I hope that you all enjoy this conversation. I listen, I, I, I try to do the best I can not to tease him, but it just comes out anyway. Um, but straight from the heart though, I, I love him dearly. And I think that you guys will find so many gems that he drops, even some things that I was surprised to learn about his own career path and his financial path. So without further ado, here is my interview with my little brother. Alex Woodruff. Please go check out his production company, pineapplecutpictures.com. You can follow them on IG and check out their website to find out how you can support their projects. They do incredible film, short films using Atlanta talent, Atlanta crew. It's like such a Georgia Georgia pride moment. And not only that, but they are telling stories that need to be told, telling stories from underrepresented communities and doing it beautifully and with a lot of heart and high quality. So definitely check them out. It's uncomfortable for me to say so many nice things about my brother. 
I can't think of it, just whatever. He's awesome. He's become such an incredible person. Now, if y'all want to support Brown Ambition, you know what to do. Go to brownambitionpodcast.com. You can leave us a review. We haven't called out that for, we haven't asked for a review in a long time. Leave us a review, y'all. Leave us five stars and say a word about the podcast. You can do that wherever you're listening to the podcast right now. But let me stop rambling and let me get into this interview with my baby bro. All right, VA fam, I don't really know how to act because like today's guest, I have read his Harry Potter fan fiction and um, and seen him wear a lot of Pokemon uh, paraphernalia and memorabilia. Anyway, brought into my house. Yeah, I don't think I brought Pokemon into your you house. Did. You brought it back from from Paris when you went to Versailles. You brought back the tie-dye Pokemon. I still have the scar from when he threw the remote control at my head so hard because I turned the channel on him. Um, so this is going to be an interesting one, VA fam. But I am really excited to really make this a family event, okay? And introduce you to my brother, my little brother, Alex. James Woodruff is in the studio. Thank you. I don't know how to act. Your how favorite does it... Nepo baby showing up here. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, am I the? Whoa, I'm Nepo. the Nepo baby. Yeah, you're you're giving me the opportunity of a lifetime. Wow. Right? I, didn't hear this. I have no idea. How of I could... a lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, y'all, I I feel like when was it that your campaign to be a guest on Brown Ambition? really started i've always been a little confused by it like i didn't think anyone in my family really cared what are you about my podcast i, I didn't uh, that's because for everybody who doesn't actually know mandy in person mandy is not really aware of how incredible she is and so well i wouldn't go that far i am a leo no she i think i think you 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 like yourself a lot and that's great that's healthy but you're maybe yeah. not aware like how other people see you I was, of course, I wanted to be on this show from the beginning. I was mm -hmm. like, what, what's, what's wrong with me? How come I can't, am I not ambitious enough? <laughs> I'm brown as you are, like this is, I definitely can make it. And yeah. I'm glad I made it eventually. Five, what has this been? Are you on year six? Or eight. On? We're on year eight. Year eight. eight. Yeah, so when we started the show, you were 20, you were just getting out of college. But listen, I feel like for any sibling relationship, it's all, I don't know. I feel like our sibling relationship is super, it's, it's its own thing. It's super unique. It's very, it's something that I cherish really deeply. And I feel like for me, having you on the show, I was just waiting for it to be an easy yes for me. And I think it became an easy yes, not just because obviously Tiffany is out this month and I just didn't really, which I wanted her to be on here. I know, and but listen, she'd be giving that. you so much shit about looking yeah, I know. like you know. And I'm like, I wish she. I thought she was going. She didn't want to show her face today. That's I did send her a message. Let me see if she responded. She so far she said nice. I told when I told her you were going to be on the show. Anyway, so she this has her blessing. But anyway, I wanted it to be an easy yes, and I can't think. So when this is the year when I really started to like learn more and appreciate you as the entrepreneur that you have become, and how you're sort of managing your um, your four way and not just a foray, but like your um, you know, transition into filmmaking along with your nine to five career. And it's been really dope to see you grow. And I feel like we have something to sink our teeth into just beyond like, this is my little brother and isn't he cute? And he looks like me and all that stuff, which, oh, yeah, whatever. Um, I see the little sweater moment. I mean, I feel like I had to do my hair. 
I did. Over, over FaceTime. <laughs> over Marco Polo. Over Marco, yeah. Yeah, yeah I did. Oh, your hair goes down now. It does. <laughs> do not right. slander me. Do not. Do not bring that. <laughs> it looks better than Nick from the Backstreet Boys. Okay, it looks better than his. Listen, okay, everybody in the nineties had their phases. All right, like Lil Bow Wow's hair went down too. I really, I just wanted long hair. You did, and you subscribe. got it. You, you got it. We both have had our hair journeys, but listen, so I'm really happy to have you on the show because I mean, and y'all know from my intro, which I will do, Alex, the magic of editing. You understand this. It'll happen later. But my brother is so much more than that. He has for himself launched at a very young age. What are you like? 30, I don't know how long, 31? 31 now. Yes, 31 now. You have created a successful career in tech sales and you know, software sales and sort of like taken everything that you and I share as a passion, like writing and creative, you know, creating um, stories and storytelling. And like you managed to take those skills, but sort of like go the business approach. Whereas I was always like art first and I'm going to go be a writer, like so literal, like I like to write. So I'm going to be a writer and be a journalist. And you were like, I like to write, but I want to make some money and be a business person. Um, so anyway, but we've both, I feel like taken in these, you know, taking our unique approaches to our career, but both kind of ended up like in a similar, like coming back to that creative space. Um, so I want you to sort of start things off by talking about your, you know, the, the money moves you made career wise, you know, getting into software sales. And when did you start having this like idea that I can also, you know, bring my creativity out and have this creative endeavor, you know, on the side? And then, of course, talk about what it is, yeah. which I'm repping right here. <clears throat> Thank you very much for being uh, such a good promotional big sister. I, when you were talking about how I parlayed a lot of the same qualities we share from a passion perspective and what we love about writing and storytelling into making money uh, and being a businessman, I was reminded of a Kendrick Lamar album, To Pimp a Butterfly because mm -hmm. he's one of my biggest inspirations as a, as a creative and as a software salesperson or as everything I am. And one of the things he talks about in that, on that album particularly is to take the butterfly or whatever that's important or impressive or core or pure about yourself and pimp it, right? And that's mm -hmm. what I've been doing the last eight years. I've been pimping, pimping my own your butterfly. butterfly. Right, uh -huh. I've, been make, I've been putting it out there and making money off of it, right? And I think that that's something yeah. that's really, it's not something to, to, to be ashamed of, right? It's something for me that has allowed me and afforded me the creative license and freedom to just do what it is that I feel. So when you ask about, you know, how did I make the decision or when was I ready to, to transition to doing not just my career, which is software sales. I, I work at a company called Fiddler and we're in, in the AI space. It's not, it wasn't that I decided one day to do it. I was all, I was always using those skills, writing and storytelling in my business world. And because I had been able to be successful and build financial freedom for myself <clears throat> at a young age, that allowed me to have the headspace to do more music, to do film, to do things that I loved and felt called to do in my free time without the pressure of having to say, I got to make money off of this thing. I have to like go and support myself off of this thing. Mm. 
we all have time. We all have whatever your amount of time is, right? That, that That's free to you. And for me, luckily enough, I've been able to put that time towards something I'm passionate about. And the results have been, you know, consistently, increasingly getting better and better. So uh, to the shirt you're wearing, I, I am the owner, co-owner of a production company, an Emmy award-winning production company. Right. Based in Atlanta called Pineapple yes. Cut Pictures. And so we focus on creative narrative films, only creative narrative films uh, that prioritize underrepresented stories. Um, and we've been doing that now. I've been a part of the company now for just over four years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. God, you reminded me. I forgot. First of all, I forgot about Rain. I forgot about your <laughs> for a minute for this conversation. Well, it's important to remember those things because like I, I forgot I you were doing music while I you were never, in school. Yeah. yeah. Never, I've always been. I think I've always mm -hmm. had duality or whatever the triality or whatever. I've always like an outlet. Ne I've never, I've never really liked the idea that I can only be one thing. And yeah, same. particularly in film, that's I've learned because I didn't come, I didn't grow up in film. I didn't like come on <laughs> set as, as like at a all grip or something like that. I didn't like learn filmmaking from the ground up. I learned as a producer. So one of the things that as an outsider to filmmaking I've learned in the last four years is that it's kind of frowned upon to do multiple things. You don't want to tell someone that you're a writer and, and, and then tell them you're also a producer or you're an actor and then also a, a director. People will kind of look at you crazy. They'll say, well, no, you've got to just be the thing that you are. And really? even for me, yeah. And in the age of like Issa Rae and Reese Witherspoon and like Mindy Kaling really owning people. it. There are very exceptional yeah. people, but those exceptional people are looked at as that. They're not looked at as the rule and mm. when you're trying to in sales too this is, is is important you need to like make whatever the main thing about you your whatever your value proposition whatever it is needs to be one thing you know one consistent thing so yeah a lot of people get become afraid of letting people know that they have a nine to five or letting people know that they act but they're also working on producing mm. and that's something that is like core to me i enjoy being multiple things and so being out front about that i i didn't i wasn't like that from the beginning i i hid what i was doing in filmmaking for a little while for the company from the company i worked at at that time because i was yeah. nervous but eventually i realized everybody's doing something in their spare time whether they're oh you were hiding it from like your employer yeah okay at, at first at first but at the end of the day i'm like how different is this from somebody who's like playing eight rounds of golf a week or something like that. I'm just, it's a, you doing, know, I'm doing something in my free time that is putting beauty and joy into the world and people think it's cool. So it's mm -hmm. looked at a little bit differently, but um, at the end of the day, it's just time. And as long as I have it and I can be productive in two different fields at once, I should be able to. And that's something mm -hmm. that I'm really passionate about. And I wish people would be more open and, you know, talk about that. It's hard to just, I heard your last um, your your last podcast about like Issa Rae, how the, how she's gonna have like this nice hair, this you know like like yeah. how she's gonna have a, afford this house or this apartment on the salary that she would make at whatever company. Yeah, like that's that's kind of what we're talking about here. Is you often can't, so don't get wrapped up in this idea of being a starving artist. Yeah, go make some money and be an artist. Yeah, I love that because I was just about to say like this whole trope of the starving artist is like it's romanticized, but it's so freaking unrealistic, you know, right. and I and I feel like our generation, are we in the same view as the millennial or millennial? What, what are you? 
with you're the like internet age, I think that like every five years, there's like another gap. So I think you're, you're, like a, you're one, I'm an elder millennial. You're you just are. on the cusp, right? Okay. Yes. I'll admit I'm an elder like millennial. But they are getting closer together. They are. It's the, yeah. The starting I could, yeah. Anyway. So, but like the, the, but we're starting to really rebuke that. God, I keep using that word rebuke. It's so biblical. Anyway, whatever. Just like, yeah, I rebuke you in the name of the Lord. I rebuke yeah. this idea that I have to starve and suffer, right? So um, I love that you're open about that. And I think that we, and again, it's like, first of all, you're kind of like anti-social media. It, it grosses you out in a way too. But I'm sure part of that is like people are putting on a front a lot of the times and don't always tell the full story. And I feel like having you share the fact that, okay, I didn't just, you know, uh, skip college and move to a big city and, you know, live off of ramen noodles to make films like, oh, I, I, you had what, almost like half a decade of a career in place, um, earned your money, got those sweet bonuses, everything I talk about from a career perspective, really like harnessing those early years in your career, so that you could, you know, do your art, and get and do them both terms. yeah do on your terms. terms and not be out here trying to like you know when i was doing music you brought up rain so when i was doing music the thing i really struggled with um well one of the things i really struggled with is like it's always my face i have to go on a stage and it's me it's my face i have to like be in front of people all the time and promote myself and people want to know about me the person and they're hearing me the music and also it really limits your ability to be a business person and go work at a company like IBM, for instance, which I worked at when I got out of school and also have like graphic rap lyrics out on the internet. Like it's, yeah. it's you can't really have a respect. It's hard to like have both of those things at the same time. And for me, I knew that if I didn't want to put my face in front of everything and be doing touring and all these things that you need to do in order to become a successful musician, then it likely was going to not coincide with me making any money. And so I needed to find a career that could make me money and then an art medium that I could pair with it, that they go together. And this medium of film is so beautiful to me for many reasons, but one of them is that I can pull together music, uh, visuals, sound design, performances from an actor standpoint, like so every, almost every single form of art comes together in a movie. And as you know this about me, you force people to watch it. You bring people into a theater and they can't leave or else, well, I mean, they can, but what? like, it's a captive audience. Yeah. And I love a captive audience. Like, well, how many times have I tried to make you watch a TV show or like make you listen to a song? Like that's, it, it, it just yeah. really you connects. You my original influencer. Um, yeah. Although now I'm trying to influence you, but you've already seen everything I have, except for you. Have you watched Project Greenlight yet? Because it's really it. damn good. I've been I've bummed been because I haven't really. I haven't been seeing many TV shows. Oh, it's so good though. Anyway, um, okay, okay. So let's back up a little bit because I want people to understand how. So let's talk about yeah, because you've accomplished a lot. I'm trying to think. It's hard to think of you as just like an individual um, who has some noteworthy headlines, but you do. I mean, by what age you had bought your own condo in Atlanta? By age what? How old were you? I was twenty. It was 2019. I was 27. 27. You yeah. sold that condo and built. I, I also renovated it completely. I That's right. And renovated Gosh. it completely. Um, yeah. I've learned some things there. 
which was like a year a little bit after i had bought my house and but you bought this suite you had like the beautiful bachelor pad in atlanta in the heart of atlanta you could walk to the falcon stadium right the mercedes-benz stadium like it was you know um gorgeous and then 2021 you started the process of building your own property in east atlanta buying the land figuring out how to do that shout out to uncle jim you know mandy and i have an uncle who and our grandfather had started uh, this housing built this built this construction company decades ago and i never once thought about the idea of building my own house i'm not good with my hands i don't do manual labor very well at all i don't yeah so it's just never been like something i'd ever considered you mentioned i bought a condo like that was my thought process like get something small self-contained but renovating that condo opened me up a little bit to the idea of what it would be like to manage contractors and when i was looking for a house at the end of 2020 because i wanted something bigger i was struggling to find something that felt good for the money and uncle jim Uh, who also does some real estate stuff, he was like, have you considered building? And I was like, absolutely not. And he was like, well, I think you should think about it and I'll I'll help you. I ended up doing a lot of the work, right? Because he's a very busy person, but just Mm -hmm. the idea, him exposing me to the idea. Not the manual work, but like the finding the people. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, the the managing of the contractors. At first I was like, great, Uncle Jim's gonna (laughs) show up and just build this whole thing for me. Yeah, no, I ended up having to do most of it. But the managing of it, or sorry, the opening my mind to Mm -hmm. what that could even be like and the fact that I could build. It's not some like esoteric thing that's impossible to wrap my head around. That was the key. And so it's those moments that are really beautiful. And I love doing that for a younger generation too, like exposing kids and like young collegiates to, okay, here's what a career in technology sales, for example, could be like, because no one ever exposed me to that and look how much it's offered me. Yeah. So, so, so for me, it's always been like these series of people close to me in my life who have like opened a door to something, yourself included, that took me down a path and uh, all those doors are really fun to walk through. So why limit yourself on how many you can? So what do you feel like are the financial principles that you have implemented to put yourself in a position to like buy your condo at 27? I mean, I feel like you, you, we went to the same university, right? I mean, shout out to the diplomas behind you. When did you go to GSU? That's Megan. So my girlfriend oh, went to, okay. graduated from Georgia State. I was going to say, I'm like, well, I don't, I'm forgetting some things, but not that. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, U- University of Georgia. The, and I tell this story sometimes to illustrate the cost of college because like I graduated with, I think, seven or $8,000 worth of debt. You graduated with 30K? 50? Uh-huh. 50, yeah. It was 50. Okay. As I said, 30, I'm like, no, it's 50. A yeah. lot, right? And we know you had a little blip. I'm not putting your business out there. Might have lost a Hope Scholarship. Oh, my for God. A little, for a that little a minute, which, ago. you know, I never yeah, that's, did. That's important never to talk about, though, because Mandy, But the you- bar was higher for you to keep your hope than for me. It, right? It Is that was, what changed? That's not exactly the, the situation. I mean, if I'm just being completely honest, Mandy, Mandy has always been, or uh, you, have always been a much better student than me. I don't like school. I never liked school. I never enjoyed the going to classes or studying. I was always intelligent and able to do well, but I was just pimping it. Like going back to the same point, like earlier, I was just like doing what I had to do to get what I needed to get to get to the next level. And so for mm-hmm. me, going to yeah. University of Georgia, getting into those, getting into the the program, I kind of like 
I was doing music at the same time, I kind of lost my, my grip on what was most important. And what was most important is maintaining a good floor, a steady floor. And I think that's a principle that, getting back to your question about financial principles, I've kind of held dear. So my floor at that time should have been remain in college, get a degree that can allow you to make money. And what I was operating like was I needed to be a rap star. And that was not the right floor to maintain. So yeah, this this has kind of been for me and, and going back to, you know, the way I kind of came out of high school and into college and beyond, I didn't I never thought of it as a as something I needed to go I never thought of it as I needed to go to school and be a journalist only and make money. Even though that's what I went to school for originally was journalism. I thought go to school get a job that feels good to me so that I can make money to complement my artistic endeavors. Mm. And so financial principles, I I feel like I'm rambling, but the financial principles you're talking about, like it's like knowing what's, what's most important to you. You went, you talked about Instagram and like social media earlier. Like for me, it's not a good idea to be on Instagram too much because it, to me incentivizes the wrong parts of myself. It makes me start thinking about what everybody else is doing. Uh, it makes me start thinking about is what I'm doing likable, <laughs> like literally, is mm-hmm. what I'm doing it like good enough, notable. I don't need to be worried about that kind of stuff. Someone like me, and this isn't to say anything about anyone else, but someone like me needs to be focused on creating, delivering, building a house, getting a good job, closing deals, making movies, getting into film festivals, getting an agent for myself. I need to be thinking about real concrete, like deliverables. And once I deliver on those, that brings along with it financial gain. And I can't get wrapped up in trying to keep up with other people or doing what other people are doing, which is I think like a financial pitfall a lot of folks fall into is they Mm -hmm. start thinking about what they should be doing based on what other folks are doing or what they believe other folks might be doing. And uh, instead of just following what's in their heart and connecting that to what can actually make them whatever their definition of financial success is. Yeah. I mean, I don't think we've ever really had a conversation about that, but I talk about that all the time. Like if you understand what your core values are, it becomes so much easier to um, to focus on your goals because your goals are true to you. Like, you know, they're not your goals because they're someone else's dream or they, or Instagram's telling you or social media or, or parent even the original influencers are telling you this is what you should be striving for. Even though we have a father who is just like a should king, the king of shoulds. I was shooting you to death. Literally just on the phone with someone right before I jumped on here who yeah. is she's just getting out of college. She's about to go into the workforce and she had applied to my company as an intern. We don't have any interns internships available at the time. So I okay. offered to talk with her just to talk about her, her trajectory. And she jumped on the call and started talking about all these big ideas. And I'm like, yo, what is it that you like? Don't talk to me about technology. Don't talk to me about all these other big things that are buzzy and in the industry that you see on LinkedIn or wherever. Tell me what you enjoy. For me, and I gave her an example, I love putting puzzle pieces together. And I like to connect, for example, in a, in a deal, I'm working on a, uh, I'm trying to close a deal in sales. I don't know what the picture is going to look like at the end of the day, but I know it's going to be a deal. Just like when you start a puzzle, you don't know what it's going to look like, but you know it's going to be a picture, right? And so for me, like 
that's important. Understand well, I mean, what it is. The box does kind of tell you what it's going to look if like. If you look at it, a lot of people don't look at the box. I look at so, a lot of puzzles. I do yeah. puzzles like every day with my little Well, maybe nephew. my analogy is bad. But did yeah. you get the idea? It's like, mm. figure out what you like about it. So for me, I love putting the puzzle pieces of a strategic deal together. And that's the same thing with making a film. I love bringing all these artists together to create. The collaboration of it. The, the, the puzzle piecing, the strategy of it, like yeah. the solving the problems along the path toward creating the thing be it a deal or a film, that's what I like. And that's what led me to these pursuits. So for her, you know, it's like, what do you enjoy? What do you actually enjoy about your potential career, the job that you might be doing? What functionally speaks to you and inspires you about it? And then, okay, map that to what job is the best fit? What company is the best fit? Your your parents, like, you know, our, when I got out of school, my dad was uh, our dad was very like adamant to me about go to the big company, make sure you go to that IBM brand company, they'll protect you, they'll take care of you. <laughs> and that wasn't bad advice or anything, to be honest, but mm-hmm. he doesn't, I had to at the end of the day, understand I'm the expert in this field. Our parents are very impressive people, but they didn't go to college and go and get a job in the field I'm trying to get a job in. I had to respect myself enough to know all right, I need to listen to myself here. I definitely want to take their advice and their wisdom where where it's applicable, but they're not the ones doing all this research every day. They're not the ones who got the degree and have been at all these seminars and, you know, meetings and, you know, all these things that I've been doing. I need to like listen to myself. I think that's harder for people who come from maybe mm-hmm. immigrant parents or black parents where it's like they are you're kind of conditioned to find security first. And um, you know, luckily I was able to find security that allowed me to do the things that I love. Okay, y'all, we'll be right back. We're gonna take a little pause here and come right back with more from my interview with my little brother, Alex Woodruff. Be right back. Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, BA fam, our fellow entrepreneurs and creatives, this message is sponsored by Squarespace. It is the ultimate toolkit for crafting your online presence. With Squarespace, it's really about more than just building a website. It's about shaping your online identity and making your mark. So say goodbye to checkout headaches with Squarespace's flexible payment options. From credit cards to Apple Pay, they've got you covered. And if you live in an eligible country, they offer buy now, pay later options with afterpay and clear pay, which means that your customers have even more ways to purchase your products. So head over to squarespace.com and kickstart your journey with a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, don't forget to use our link squarespace.com slash brown ambition to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Just visit squarespace.com slash brown ambition to get your discount today. Remember your online success story begins with Squarespace. So what are you waiting for? Let's build something extraordinary together. 
And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. All right, BA fam, you know we work hard and we play hard, but when it comes to investing and having your money in the market, you want your money to be working for you. That's exactly what the Betterment Automated Investment and Savings app can help it do. Keeps your money out there working hard and kicking you know what, I love Betterment because it makes it easy for even a beginning investor to figure out how to put their money in the market and set it and forget it and be at peace with that because you know Betterment has got you covered with their automated investment and savings app. Their technology is going to give you advanced tools that are built to help you maximize those returns. All you got to do is visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk. Performance not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. Hey, 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 BA fam. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. That's incredible. This is according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 150 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Okay, it's smart. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Brown Ambition. Just go to Indeed.com slash Brown Ambition right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Brown Ambition. Terms and conditions apply. You need to hire. You need Indeed. Yeah, I mean, would you say like, I mean, we're talking about values, but also you combine that with you did go into a corporate career that I don't know if it was like if that's just sort of like because I've never been in sales, but if that's sort of like the expected trajectory, you're going to go into sales and you can make big commissions and get these big bonus checks. Because when you started getting these big checks and talking about them, I was like, holy, sh- I never knew this is how that's worked. I but those windfalls, you know, can you talk about like how your, how sales specifically, was it that you were an excellent salesperson? Do you, does everyone who goes into sales, you know, at a company like IBM, do they get those sorts of paydays? Like how much were you making out of college to the point where you could afford, you know, your own condo within five years, four or five years? So in terms of what I was making directly out of school, um, I mean, the first year because of largely because of what IBM offered wasn't because of me closing any deals in that first year. It was just about six figures. And that's what you can expect to make coming out of college if you are positioned well for an enterprise sales company. You can expect to make or enterprise software company, I should say. Uh, If you're going to be in a sales role, you can expect to make around six figures or you should you should aim for that. Um, So that's what I was making at first. But the windfalls you're talking about, closing those deals, mm-hmm. I'm I'm like that. I'm just really good. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're just really good. Yeah. I don't think so. Sold there, separately, as Tiffany says. Yeah, so I heard that too. There mm-hmm. are a lot of people making a lot of great money in sales. So don't get me don't get it twisted. Like there are, you can make money in this field, even if you're not very like, you know, gifted. But I've I haven't had a down year in eight years you know i've had some years that weren't as lovely as others 
but I've always been able to produce no matter where I've been and Mm -hmm. no matter what types of environment I'm in, good ones, terrible ones. Um, it's, it's, it's a career that fits me. It's, I I didn't just like land in sales. It's like literally, you know, you know me my whole life. It's like the perfect type of career for someone like me who does what I do well. Um, and if I had other skills, I'd be doing something else. And that's the point. Like, what do you do well? And are you exposed to a career in the field where you're that matches what you do well? Luckily for me, I was exposed to this career that matched what I do well. How competitive did you feel with, well, you and I, I think we can be frank. We've always been a little competitive with one another. I mean, I feel competitive, but like a healthy competitive, but also still be. competitive. I definitely, I definitely used to be. When I was a kid, I, I was, but yeah. I, I honestly, if I am just, I think I've 100% been more inspired by the idea of catching up with you, not ever like beating you. You know what I mean? Yeah. You were no, I, that's what old. I'm saying. It's like healthy. Yeah. It's not like malicious yeah. like, competition. You've always been older than me. So you've always had opportunities first. I never knew about mm-hmm. University of Georgia having a journalism school. You went You went to their school. So I felt like I needed to go. And if I yeah. didn't, I wouldn't have found their business school where I got the degree that led me to this path. Right. So there's always I wasn't writing Harry Potter fan fiction because I found it. Um, you know, <laughs> fingers, but somebody you pointed me to Harry Potter, right? <laughs> Harry Potter fan fiction. It wasn't wasn't just on me. So, like, yeah. you've always opened. You've been one of those people that opened doors for me to realize. Oh, I could, I could walk through that door. And yeah, I want to catch up with you and feel like I have in a lot of ways. But that is that was like never the idea to beat you or like to to be competitive. It was like I want us both yeah. to. I want like I want us both to win, but in order for us both to win, I got to catch up because you're definitely winning. So it's like mm-hmm. it's like that. Yeah, no, I think that it's good whether it's like a sibling or a friend, but to have someone in your inner circle who challenges you in a positive way and who makes you think differently. I mean, you were someone I would call for negotiation, like to run through a negotiation that I was going through like professionally. Um, even though you were younger than me in a different field, because you always, even though it would annoy the shit out of me sometimes, you would make me think a little bit differently about something. And I, and you know, forced me to like, look at why do I feel annoyed by this? Is it because I didn't think of it first? And my little brother told me like, you know, so I feel like that's one of the things that I really value about a relationship now is like, yeah, so a lot of the um, maybe the the trite competitiveness, like, sort of is moved out of the picture. And it's just more like, you make me better. You know what I mean? Like a conversation with you about a choice will probably make me like, make a better choice. Do you know what I mean? For the most part, I, I don't I mean, make that's exactly bit, who, like, you what know. kind of person I want to be. I want people in yeah. my life to think what you just said about me. I want people to come to I me. I know. And as I said it, I'm like, God damn it. This is what he wants. But like, it's not all. I, I can do things on my own. Give me what I want. That What is wrong oh, with right. that? I want like everybody should I give. Just... <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> y'all see what I'm dealing with, right? No, but like. It's just. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I want to give you what you want. Right. I want mm-hmm. you to give. We deserve that. We're good to each other. We're good people. You know, like we deserve mm-hmm. to give each other what we want. And we when we deserve like that call that you I remember that call like it was yesterday. I was in a hotel room. I forget where I was, but I was like laying on the hotel bed. I was like listening to you tell me about this opportunity and realizing I could help you. And that was such a good moment because I just want to be of service. I just want to help. Yeah. 
I want people who I love to think I have something good to offer them. And I want to be around people who I feel have something good to offer me. So when I talk to you about a decision and you give me this idea that sparks a new path forward, I'm so thankful and excited about that. I don't have time for competitive. I don't care whose idea it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just don't, I just don't think about that. And also going back to filmmaking is so important because if I go on set as a producer, director, I have a vision, right? And I'm a writer, director, producer. So I have a vision on what I want to get accomplished, but that does not mean I know how to do it all. I need to be very open to the idea that I don't have the right idea all the time. I need to be thinking about other people and their skill sets and where they might be able to offer me guidance. And so you'll get a lot farther that way. Yeah, the collaboration is key. I didn't learn that so much. And because as a writer, as a journalist, I was so focused on me, my byline, you know, how many page views was I getting at Yahoo and Business Insider? And what about my career in podcasting? And how big is Brown Ambition compared to others? When I finally became like a leader, and oh, to go back to the so what Alex is talking about, the advice he gave me was my first, my first role outside of being an individual contributor, negotiating how to become an executive editor and negotiating that job offer. I negotiated the hell out of it and got a great base and a signing bonus. But Alex was the one who was like, did they, did, did you ask for equity? And I was like, well, that's not in my head. I was like, it's not possible. But then I was like, God damn it. He's right. <laughs> like, why didn't I? Um, yeah. So, and, and yeah, that, that, that just decision for me to go back and ask for equity indirectly became a $200,000 windfall, you know, when we were finally acquired. So, you know, your checks in the mail from that. I know you weren't seeking a commission. Right. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You did yeah, for the right I mean, reasons. I think I was going back to that yeah. moment. And I want to say at the time in my life, I hadn't even got, I hadn't worked at a startup yet. I'd had no equity in a company. I, I, I can't say for sure, but I'm pretty sure that the way we even arrived at that piece of advice was me just mm -hmm. asking you questions about the process. And in the process, in the course of you talking about the process, you brought up equity. And that was one of the things I checked. And that's part of being a, a good seller is to hear what your person is telling you, listen to all the things that they've cataloged and then ask them about those things. So I'm pretty sure you yeah. brought up the fact that equity existed or that there was like, they, yeah, you know, people I had given that advice in my own freaking content, but exactly, that right. little bit of doubt. Yeah. It's just, you I, made me think, why didn't I, which made me annoyed that I had it. And I'm like, I'm supposed to be a badass, but why didn't a badass ask for equity? Yeah. So, you know, not, that, you know I think that's where it came in. That little <laughs> sense of like annoyance is not in you, but in myself, but still the fact that I even talked to you about it, I think that was pretty smart. Totally. Um, okay. So leadership. Okay. We want to talk about that. I want to talk about filmmaking. Okay. So you're in sales, you're making bank. That's how you were able to pay off your student loan debt relatively. 50 K was gone. Was gone what? In, in a year? In like 2000. It was gone before I bought my condo. It was gone. like in Which is hilarious. Cause I think it put me like four years to pay off 8,000 little dollars. <laughs> I think that, so think about that for a second though. Yeah. I had $50,000 in debt. And so in order to pay it off, yeah, I had to make 50,000. How many people wouldn't have paid off their debt? In fact, I was right? talking to you and to dad and to mom about what I should do with the money I had just earned. And yeah. a lot of you gave me, actually no one told me to do what I did. And all of you had good mm -hmm. ideas, don't get me wrong. But I wanna say what you had suggested was, all right, well compare the interest rate of your loans versus what you could get out of this sort of account and all these Investing. brand ambition investment things that you tell people to do and they're all great. Brand but that doesn't yes. fit 
me. And so I had to hear yeah. the advice from the people like you who are experts, but then I had to convert that into decision that made sense for who I am and what makes mm -hmm. sense for me. I can't have that debt over my head. I won't be able to function. I won't be able to operate with freedom and happiness. And mm -hmm. so I was like, I would rather get, I'd rather kill this debt and be not even thinking about it, not even recognize that it's a thing than to have this thing weighing over me and impacting my life in little micro ways every single day. Like I, I just couldn't. And so I decided to take that big swing because I put myself in a position to, and then I got rid of it. And looking back at the way my life has unfolded since then, I really feel like that was a massively, it was a good decision. It, it, ga it gave me what I needed, which was freedom to operate. Oh, hell yeah. No, a thousand percent. And if you had Tiff on the show, she would be like jumping up and down because that's all, you know, we talk about that. And she especially has made decisions like for her own financial security that her advisor's like, why you could be making so much more money here and why and here and there. And she's like, well, I don't want a mortgage. A mortgage does not align with how I want to sleep at night. Mm -hmm. Um, No, a thousand percent. I'm super proud of you. And I also want to point out that like now that you've built this glorious house that is now like the family epicenter for Atlanta um, and is so amazing you did that by age 30 almost right right yeah by age 30 ish yeah, not that that matters but still i mean i'm hella young the land at 28 or no hella young this gorgeous house plus you have and for those of you who are listening like to to make the decision to build a guest house instead of what were you deciding a guest house or a pool and you turn that guest house into an airbnb property that is bringing you additional financial security you know right. and I think seeing you do it has made me more confident in making that a part of my, you know, strategy going forward. I'm like, oh, there's no way I'm not going to have a little Airbnb or some kind of investment property rental on the side. This is just too it, good. It's great. Like it, yeah. I had no, this is again, a concept of like somebody exposed me to the idea. I don't even remember who it was, but somebody once, you know, I do know who it was. My friend, Austin, he was talking about turning his place into a, a, one of his rooms in his place into an Airbnb. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And I was in the midst of building my house. And so then I was like, hey, what if we built like a little thing, like a small little thing next to it for like a one bedroom. And so they started talking about the numbers and the numbers weren't crazy, especially given the fact that when you go through and build a house um, with the right, with a construction loan, the way it operates is that you get to lock in your interest rate at that time, which for me was a once in a lifetime low stupidly low like yeah crazy low. talk so about timing that was another thing where god was looking out i got the best interest rate of my lifetime on the biggest investment of my life so mm -hmm. i was able to wrap all that every all the construction of the house everything that took place from the day i signed on the land through the day that i moved into the house i barely paid anything in terms of I paid like a very low monthly interest amount um, for the entire build. So this house, all this money is being invested by the bank to build me my house and I'm barely paying anything. So yeah, what's another, let's say 40, 50, 60 K to add to my mortgage when at the end of the day, my interest rate's super low and I know what this place as an Airbnb unit can offer me. Um, yeah. And it has played out just like that. The Airbnb is bumping, check me out if you're ever staying in East Atlanta. And it's how can they because you won't get your ass on IG. 
Like, How are they going to know it's Alex's my, property? Well, honestly, I'm booked and busy. Because you don't want your cute little face anywhere. I'm, book, I'm booked and busy. So, you know. Booked and busy. Mm -hmm. is, Except for, you know what time I'm coming. You know what time the Manrique family know, is coming for Christmas. So, yeah, block out those dates and but I will be staying for free. That's a, that, so, that's another thing. Kind of to speak on that real quick. You brought up like the family thing. I want my point of view this pen. You brought up the family thing. <laughs> like, <laughs> let's circle back to that. Yes. Use like, some use some sales speak on me. Let's, let's like, double click that. Hold on. The family thing. <laughs> I knew that for me, it was important to have a house that my family could come to for holidays. When you would it's come so and visit freaking me, sweet. When you would come you've to always been such a sweet, pure soul. And I think I'm so dark and twisty that I was always waiting for the evil out. You're just like a genuinely everybody is, sweet. Everybody is waiting on the evil out. Kind. It's like, con like everybody's partner, waiting on the other part, part, person. It's it's strange, but it's only because I am dark and you know flawed <laughs> deeply. Um, Anyway, but yeah, but like the, it's but really the, sweet what bring, you did. Yeah, yeah, I wanted to bring everybody in, but that so that means I have to make different financial decisions than somebody who actually doesn't care about that. Like if I only had mm -hmm. one sibling who was going to be coming over, then I probably have like a two three bedroom place. But I knew that I had y'all two, well y'all four now, um, Mallory and Taylor, mom, Greg, like Megan's family, dad. Like there's a lot of people who I want to be able to call this place home and low key all y'all moved out of atlanta just about so i'm trying to ingratiate you to what it could be like if you were to live in atlanta so all those yeah. things are important to me so yeah i wanted to build a house that could sustain all that and um that was what i set my goals to so that whole year i wasn't buying i didn't buy a car i didn't buy i didn't invest a lot in my films that year i, I found other ways to make money to make films um i took all my all my winnings, so to speak, from my software sales job and invested it into the build of that, um, you know, putting myself in a position to get the good down payment on that house. And you sold your condo as well, you should have mentioned. At the height of the market. Yeah. There were some things that just, it couldn't baby. have been me doing it by myself. Like there was some divine intervention along the way. Mm -hmm. The interest rate, selling my condo at the exact right time when I did, like the next month, everything changed. It was like I yeah. sold it the perfect week. So... I, would, I put myself in a position to be successful, but there's definitely a lot of luck and fortune that was, you know, that it's was preparation meets opportunity, right? Like you put yourself, you had to have the great credit even to qualify for the best score, you know, on your mortgage, which paying off your debt early probably definitely helped and contributed to that. I wanted to point out the car, especially like in Atlanta and especially when you trying to launch your, you know, your hip hop, your rap career early. I feel like it could be it. You see so many, you see so much of the opposite in Atlanta and in, and even in my, uh, uh, in Enrique's um, uh, Dominican culture here in New York, like it's all about what, what you ride the car you have, you know, the clothes, the jewelry, the everything on the outside. And one of the things I love about you and one of the things that I am like adamant about myself is the car that you drive is nothing special. What is it? A Nissan something or other? I like my car. It's but, janky yeah. and it's dirty and you have dog hair all over it. And it's always, why don't you watch? Listen, I at, living I with Enrique at has- like, Did you hear what she said about it? <laughs> it has yeah. dog hair all <laughs> over it. like that. Like it's the kind of car I sometimes you would like. I got it clean since the last time y'all saw it. The outside and everything, the inside and everything. Yes, 
That's you can't good. prove it, but sure, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you would like write, and you could write on the on the window, like "Wash yeah. me" if okay. you wanted to. Some anyway, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's clear. But at the same time, like millionaire next door, right? Like you know, you have this. I love that about you. You're the biggest house on the block, and I love that anyone who's looking at you as a success, um, like you're a true success. It's not like my biggest fear is that I'm going to be successful to other people, but inside I'm like stressed because I've got debt. I've got, you know, things that I owe. I don't own actually anything. And I feel like you're actually building wealth, which is what I want. I think we both want that to build wealth. That is not just for us, but for our whole family, the legacy to live on. I mean, going back to the car thing, my girlfriend is very anti new cars and I go growing up, our family didn't really have like a history of buying brand new cars. And the car that I based all my interest in what I had, which is a Nissan Maxima on was the car our mom had like a Nissan Altima. I just loved the way it rode. I I mean, I didn't like love the look of it, but the thing was smooth. I had a Mustang at the time. I thought I was rolling. I would get in my mom's car and this thing was like actually Nice. When did you have a Mustang? After I um, got your car totaled, well, I was hit. I was t You bought a Mustang in in college? I didn't. The, I, I took the settlement from the car accident. Uh, yeah. I was in your car or what used to be your car and bought the Mustang. It was used though. It wasn't like brand new. It was like a oh, okay. at the time. It was like 45. Um, but yeah, I, I, bought, I got a car that like actually was at the time only three years old. Now it's like. 11 years old and paid off totally paid off it's years off yeah fine. years ago i wanted to get you know i talked to y'all about getting a tesla i talked to y'all about you know getting something and i just couldn't make it make sense so i just didn't um, yeah going but to your point about building wealth i gotta be honest like that sort of that doesn't like actually resonate with me the idea of building wealth i think what's more important to me is like being unassailable if that makes sense. And maybe it's the same mm-hmm. thing. What I mean Financially is- Financially bulletproof. I do not want anybody to be able to dictate my life for me. I don't want mm-hmm. to go into a job interview and feel like I'm desperate. I don't want to be in uh, trying to close a deal and feel like I need this or else. I don't want to be trying to make a movie and feel like if I don't win with this movie, I'm done. And I think there's a couple of reasons a person might feel that way. One is because they're living beyond their means financially and they, they have to- you know, to keep up. And another reason is that they start believing that if they are not successful immediately, then they're a failure. And for me, mm-hmm. it, it's not about just getting successful today. This whole filmmaking thing, I'm I'm loving it. I'm loving the ride. This thing could take 10 years, 20 years. You might not ever hear about me until like 2050, but you're going to hear about me. So it's going to happen. And I see the end of the line, but I don't have to get there right now. I'm really enjoying every part of this process. And as long as I can move at the right pace for me, which sometimes mm. could be sprinting, sometimes could be jogging, sometimes I'm crawling, that's what I need to do. And I'll get where I'm going eventually. As long as I'm enjoying the, this journey, that's what that's what's important. So yeah. so yeah, like building wealth seems to be happening for me, but it isn't like my North Star. My North Star is happiness and not being desperate, not being able to be dictated to. I want to end on that note, just like talking about the audacity of brown ambition and um, how you personify that. And I'm just so damn proud of you, baby bro. Thank you so much. And the feeling is yeah. way mutual. I'm so happy. I wish Tiff could be here. I'd tell her too, but um, okay. love what y'all are. Y'all are Maybe great. you'll come so back on the show. 
I want to be, be back. Well, I mean, after you won your well. Oscar. I mean, you know, I'm going to be, you know, I'll be watching the reviews on this one or like the, like the, uh, I want to get the, I want to get the, the, the listening. Um, well, I don't know. You're going to have to be on IG. Cause like, that's my- where the BA fam is on IG interacting with our clips. Also, you can listen to this on or watch on YouTube. If you want to see how much Alex may or may not look like me, y'all me. I am the original doppelganger, not Drake. Yeah, so people I, then no one used to say you look like Drake. When this hair goes down, yeah, it's pretty uncanny uh, how much we look yeah. like. Mm, yeah, but you know, you'll always be number one. All right, Alex James, mischief man. Thanks. Wow, I love it. <laughs> it was either. <laughs> Thank you. It was either not. the pineapple cut shirt or the Harry Potter Sorcerer's Stone T-shirt that you gave me that I couldn't find. Um, oh, that's the shirt I brought you. Okay, I knew I brought you a shirt. That's what I. Yeah, and I knew it wasn't pineapple cut, but you know what? I just moved on from that. Okay, but you sure. came around. All right, thank you, Alex, for joining Brown Ambition. Um, you. you guys, please run to go follow Pineapple Cut Pictures on IG, where you can stay abreast of all the news. You've got your your shorts are entering film festivals, and I hope people get a chance to see My Sore Magic, which is just so cute, so sweet, and adorable, and heart you know heartwarming and beautifully shot, just gorgeous. The colors, I mean, so much of it, and also forgive us is one of the films that really, whoa, <laughs> very different than Mice Were Magic, but another short that y'all have done. And good luck this weekend making your first film. Thank you. Thank you. I won't try to call or text you. Don't worry. I won't answer. But I will. You won't answer. That's I good. Be, Focus on the very, art. Yeah, I will be very, very busy. Yeah. Thank you. But it's so dope. All right. Bye. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.